0: Jaspreet Boparai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Okay, welcome back to Reality Check Radio with Jaspreet and Don. 2023, May, we're leading up to our nation's election later in the year, and I suppose it's vital that we take an interest in it. Well, for me anyway, I take a big interest in it. So something that piqued my interest earlier this week was an email from Heartlands New Zealand, or Heartlands, a fledgling political party. Um, It's a website, says it's a um, voice for rural and provincial New Zealand. So I figured it was time RCR, Reality Check Radio, found out a little more about it. So I've got the chairman on. Uh, Jasper and I have welcomed the chairman uh, to this uh, forum. Uh, Welcome, Lawrence, Lawrence Day.
1: Thanks, Don. Uh, yeah, no, it's good to uh, have the opportunity to speak to uh, your listeners.
0: Yeah, so give us a bit of a backstory about yourself, Lawrence. I know you have had a bit of a bit of a political history, and um, tell us a bit about it and why you think Heartland's about to uh, take this world by storm.
1: <laughs> right, well, uh, I mean, I'm from the Waikato. I grew up on uh, farmland in the Waikato. My father actually managed a farm for what was the dairy board back in the day with 400 bulls. And so I grew up on that farm, and um, I guess there's some value in it because uh, I certainly know BS when I see it, and I see a hell of a lot of it down in Wellington. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we moved to town when I was 9 or 10, Uh I, I always miss the rural scene so when I finished university my first job was at Ruakura Research Centre I worked for Balanced Fertiliser and then went into private consultancy and while I was doing that I built a couple of greenhouses and grew tomatoes so I've had a fairly good sort of primary sector background I guess uh, I still live on an acreage and run a few animals and uh, you know my kids made money raising calves and pigs and now my grandkids are doing the same so Um, I have a lot of empathy for the provincial and rural sector in New Zealand. And I've been involved in politics for, well, over 30 years. Uh, Basically, in the National Party, I was the chairman in Hamilton East and I was regional deputy chair and uh, very involved for a number of years. Um, Not so much recently, but of course, what's happening now is... um, the political scene, I think, is uh, uh, not a good one for New Zealand. And so uh, I've got back involved again and um, jumped in and joined the Heartland's party.
0: So, so you know, the argument is that uh, rural and provincial New Zealand, it's bluer than blue genetically. Uh, uh, so what what can Heartland do to, uh, and why is Heartland so concerned about provincial and rural New Zealand's um, representation under an MNP environment?
1: Yeah, well, look, I mean, that's a that's a good question. You, you don't uh, have to go very far talking to people in the rural sector to realise that uh, every which way you turn, they're getting slapped around the ears. You know, it's Ute taxes and diesel taxes and methane taxes and carbon taxes, and every time they turn around, there's another tax on them. And the irony is that. The rural provincial sector of New Zealand represents 12% of New Zealand's workforce, but it produces 82% of New Zealand's export income. So, you know, slapping the rural sector around like they are is is literally killing the goose that's laying the golden egg. It's just the craziest thing possible. And so, you know, being involved in the rural sector and, and, you know, most of my friends... On farms and things like that, you gotta say, this is crazy. Something has to give.
0: Yeah, well, I noticed Groundswell comes out and talks about the the new taxes uh and the like that are that are pending or in place. And uh you know the 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 word that's similar is attack. Attack. Uh and I, you know, I see it that way. It is a complete attack on the uh, efforts of rural New Zealand. Uh how perhaps the uh, Beltway of Wellington's inclined to squander the opportunity that um, rural New Zealand builds for this country. So so what is it about Heartland that differentiates itself uh, from the rest? I mean, the way I look at your website, you say you don't want any party vote, so that's the first point of differentiation, and you're after, say, 10 electorate seats. Um, can you find 10 electorate seats in, uh, in Heartland, New Zealand?
1: Well, yeah, look... I suppose, let's back up and talk about this uh, no party vote party. In in New Zealand under MMP, the vote that really counts, if you're National, or Act, or Labour, or the Greens, the vote that really counts is the party vote, because it's the party vote that determines the number of seats you have in Parliament. Uh, whether you win zero seats, like uh, the Greens usually do, it doesn't matter whether you win an electorate seat or not. If you win party vote, you're, you can get into Parliament. So that's the one that counts. But there is an ironic exception to that. And that is if you stand in a seat and uh, as, a, as an electorate candidate and you win that seat, Parliament can't give you one of the 120 seats because you didn't get any party vote. So what they do is they create an additional seat in Parliament. It's called an overhang. It's part of MMP uh, Act. It, uh, ended up with an overhang seat, I think, 2011. Rodney Hyde, uh, because you know he won the seat in Epsom, but he didn't get any party votes, So they created this extra seat. So here's the issue: if you want to change the government, and uh, a lot of people in New Zealand do. <laughs> I asked the question: Do you think that National and ACT are going to do it this October? I mean, what do you think, Don? Do you think National and ACT are, are going to do it?
0: <laughs> uh, well, you're asking me to be a little biased as an independent host, um, but based but, on the polls. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but but based on the polls, the the thing that gets me is National think they can sleepwalk to victory. Now they've got um, got everything in place, and there's not not a, even though I see it slightly differently to most there's not a tissue paper between the left and the right of politics and in the in the mainstream at the moment um national enact uh will they eat each other up as well because it looks like acts on the rise uh i don't know uh it's it's a vexed question but uh, i do know that provincial new zealand under an mmp environment hasn't been getting a fair shake of the stick and no. hasn't been since mmp came into pa- into being
1: No, and it's an interesting uh, scenario to look at. I mean, if you want to change the government, at the moment it means National and ACT need to get more party votes than Labor, Greens and the Maori. At the moment, the polls are showing that Labor, Greens are basically neck and neck with National and ACT and the Maori Party will hold the balance of power in the next parliament. Um, You know, I say welcome, Aotearoa. But, uh, you know, if that doesn't appeal to you, what can you do about it? Uh, it's no good, say, switching from national to act because all of act's seats actually, if act didn't exist, they would be national voters. Um, so it's no good dividing the right. What the right actually has to do is get extra seats somehow. Now, it's only two ways you can get it. One way is to take them off Labour um, but why would a Labour voter switch to National when, as you say, there, there's no difference between the two? <laughs> you know, Labour, uh, National has had to move to the political centre in order to hoover up uh, the party vote from the centre. So if if National moves to the right, that massive centrist block of voters will just move stay with Labour, and uh, National will never have a chance. So so just political expediency means that National has moved to the soft centre. And, of course, that really doesn't help the rural sector in New Zealand. As you say, the rural sector has basically been ignored for the last 30-odd years. And, And, you know, National has taken the rural provincial vote for granted You know, and they've lost some of that vote now to act, but it it makes no difference. Um, At the end of the day, national and act combined don't look like they're going to make it in this election. So you need these additional seats, and here's where the overhang comes in. So, if you uh, at the last election, um, the Heartland Party stood in Port Waikato, the Heartland candidate got eight and a half thousand votes, and very, very few, just a couple of hundred or a few hundred party votes, National won the seat. But if uh, the Heartland candidate had got another about 5,000 votes, he would have been the candidate in Port Waikato. And here's the irony, the National Party guy would have still been in on the list. So it makes no difference at all to National. Uh, It just switches an electorate member to a list member, but it makes no difference to the number of MPs they have. But now you've added this overhang, this additional member in parliament, number 121 would have been in there on the right. Now, it's a simple strategy. Um, It's happened accidentally in the New Zealand uh, electorate. Like I say, ACT did it first um, back in 2011 when they won Epsom. They won the seat, but got very few um, party votes. So the Heartland Party has said, well, look, you know, this is a a strategy that's available under uh, MMP. The rural sector in New Zealand is the most hammered sector around, the most unappreciated, taken for granted, and now vilified and attacked. The rural sector in New Zealand needs its own representation in Parliament, and the best way to do that is with a party that only goes for these overhang or additional seats. They leave the party vote to national or act and just take the candidate vote. If they gain four or five or, or up, there's, there's about a 10 or a dozen electorates where this would work, where you can say to a national voter, look, vote national on the party vote, vote heartlands with your candidate vote, you're going to get two candidates in your electorate, and those extra candidates, those extra MPs are going to tilt Parliament to the right. That's really the only strategy uh, that I can see that would have a chance of overturning the current uh, polls. And, you know, given that for instance labor is the party in power they are quite happy to hand out the lollies in election year well every year really and uh, you know they've turned a large proportion of new zealand into middle class welfare recipients so you know i think the rural segment so, needs to fight back
0: yeah so so just listening to all of that um it's it sounds easy but we know it's not, and you know it's not, uh, yeah, because absolutely. you've got an urbanizing uh, population that's slowly being attracted to to the majority of uh, urban centres uh, and provincial um, quantum. You know, in terms of the electorate, is is less in terms of citizens' votes. How do you think? Um, you you know, as you've talked about in, in sort of a, a small ways, how do you think you're going to get a national or an ACT voter to see sense? Uh, in your eyes, not mine, Um, because if I know human nature, they go with what they've always done, although the last election was a massive turn up for the books with the way uh, even Provincial New Zealand turned red under the party vote. So how do you think you're going to get that psyche changed? Because, you know, New Zealanders um, have had three years of um, government-large yes, uh, at your and my expense. The borrowing is significant. The debt and deficit is um, expanding. And we know rural New Zealand is going to be asked to produce more to pick up the bill. Um, do you think the recession that we look like we're about to have is going to have an effect on this election and get some a dose of realism back in the country?
1: Well, if there's one thing I've learned over the years is that, you know, in politics, people have short memories. And, you know, when Jacinda was getting a lot of flack and the numbers were going down, 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 uh, you just change the face on the front and all of a sudden people see a nice smiley face. It's a different one. And they say, oh, this is nice. Away we go. And you just can't hardly believe that people forget about the uh, issues that they were worried about before. You know, you put a new name on Three Waters and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's okay, you know. Uh, so you have to hand it to uh, Wellington politicians. Um, they certainly know how to fool some of the people all of the time. And uh, as we saw in the last election, they fooled a lot of people um, going into the election.
2: So, Look, so, it's,
1: it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, really, the idea is that if we can even pick a, a couple of three electorates, and get the message out there look it's very simple party vote the way you always have national or act candidate vote heartlands and you're going to get an extra mp um yeah it's it's quite a job to to educate people to that but you know if you look at electorates I, i think that the average provincial electorate the people are probably more politically oriented than uh than a lot of urban electorates. Politics really matters to them. There's a lot of small business people in urban electorates, whether it's the, um, and sorry, in, uh, in rural and provincial electorates, whether it's the small towns or whether it's the farms. These people are business people. And, you know, the things that this government has done just hurts them. So, you know, it's, it's a social media campaign. It's a provincial newspapers campaign. It's a beat the street campaign. Uh, to, you know, educate people how to successfully split their vote or simply really split their vote so that they get extra MPs on the right side of Parliament.
0: Yeah, so so I looked around the electorates in the country at the moment and there is a few that stand out. And uh, just thinking about the last 24 hours fiasco in uh, Tyree, you'd have to think that um, that would be a prime candidate uh, for a uh, heartlands candidate uh, prime electorate for a heartlands candidate
1: yeah look it's interesting you say that we certainly uh sat up and took notice when uh, that happened and uh you know look if, if if your listeners take a look at our website and see what we stand for uh and also see how simple the strategy is um if you've got listeners in tayari Go on our website. Contact us. Put your hand up and get involved. Um, you know, we we'll, we, if you want to change things, it's no good just waiting for somebody else to do it. You got to get stuck in yourself and do something. And so we invite anybody that wants to see change in in uh, the political situation in New Zealand to get a hold of us. Yes,
0: Mm, so just as an aside, as a, as an adjunct to all of this, do you see any parallels to, I know it's a different political system in Australia, but they have what's called the Bush Party, uh, the Nationals, which is effectively Provincial Australia's um, representatives, uh, they have One Nation, they have um, these sort of centre-right parties, and they do have, uh, it seems, a, a bit of influence over the over the Parliament, admittedly in Australia at the moment it's all pretty much red bar Tasmania. Um, Do you see any similarity aside from the concept of the overhang, which you're talking about, between the policies that you would have as to what they would be promoting in sort of the bush of Australia?
1: Yeah, look, you know, I think probably the best analogy at the moment is what's happened in Holland. Uh, You know, in Holland, uh, the government under the EU rules was just attacking farmers like crazy reducing their fertiliser. The, the regulations that were coming out were going to reduce uh, farm productivity by 30%, one-third. Now, Holland is an unbelievably efficient uh, food producer. It feeds, I don't know, 50 or 60 million people besides just the people in their own country. It was It's a devastating attack. And so the farmers in Holland and the rural sector in Holland got together, formed a uh, a rural party, and they won 17 seats in their uh, upper house, senate, parliament in the, in the elections uh, about two months back. Now, you know, that that is probably a really good analogy for what's happening in New Zealand. You know, the, the rural provincial sector is just under attack, under attack, uh, and, you know, they need to take stock and say, we need our own representation in Parliament. You know, I, I really admire the guys in Groundswell. They've done a fantastic job of, of raising awareness and getting farmers thinking, you know, we need to do something. And, you know, I've joined a few of their parades. Um, you know, the, the, the sad fact is that tractor parades don't change government policy.
0: You know, unless, we've seen and, 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 unless you do them every week, like in Holland. They did them days and weeks on end. In New Zealand, yeah, sorry you. to interrupt, Lawrence, we're inclined to do it one day and we go home. That's the New Zealand way. We're very respectful. In Holland the, and France and Belgium and Germany and other countries, they just, um, they're just they incessant. And I have to just one little adjunct to your story. That 17 seats that the BBB party got was out of 75 seats in the parliament. So you imagine if we took the list MPs out of the New Zealand Parliament uh, and we had our, about our 72 electorates, is it? Yep. The parallel is there as to the dominance of the list MPs in our parliament versus the um, sort of, you know, the people elected by the electorate. And I think that's our problem, isn't it? Uh, that, you know, I, I'm i quite overt about my politics because I've been here for a long time, just like you, you uh, you see the failings of the uh, MMP environment for rural and regional New Zealand. Uh, yeah, so 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 the gain is, as you're saying, um, get rural and re- regional New Zealand to have a um, have something different to what they've had for the last thirty years.
1: Yeah, look, you know, we've got a Green Party that represents, um, you know, a group of people out on the left. We've got a Maori Party. We've got the ACT Party representing business people. Who is representing rural and provincial New Zealand? National used to, but to be fair to them, they can't. They don't anymore and they can't because they have to go for that soft centre. So, you know, rural New Zealand has gone from being sort of taken for granted under national to being vilified and attacked under Labour, and uh, you know, if Labour, Greens, Maori wins the next election, it's only going to get worse. So you know, if rural and provincial New Zealand wants a change, they have to be in Parliament. It's it's no good being out on the street on your tractor. Um, it'd probably be helpful if you did like the French do and dump truckloads of uh, manure <laughs> on them outside the Champs Champ de Lycée. But you know, if we went down to Parliament and did that, um, you know, in New Zealand, you'd probably get attacked. And.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. not something but, but not something you know. Yeah, it's it's sort of the sort of thing that a lot of us have always thought, but of course we don't condone because we are law abiding and respectful. Yeah, um,
1: you know, and that, that's Kiwis. You know, we, we feel like, well, you know, we, we should be able to have our protest, but we're unlikely to sort of go to the to the lengths that they have in Europe. But you know, the, the length that we need to go to is to have a genuine rural or provincial party, you know the 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 Invercargles, the you know the Pyro and Matamata, the little towns that support the rural sector. You know they just they're just being screwed by this government.
2: And you know recently, Don and I, we were out at a local pub here, and we and I think I should I'll mention it, Don. We were talking to a national MP who happened to pass by. And very clearly, we spoke about the fact there were a few others that, you know, why is farming being hammered so much? And we are constantly about the climate. And seriously, what is our contribution? You leave alone the science. What's our contribution? Less than a quarter of a percentage. And the answer we got was, yep, we know that. But national cannot say that because the bulk of our voters, the 2 million north of Auckland, I'm sorry, if we do that, that's political suicide. And after that, that was last month. This week, I attended an ACT meeting in town. Again, the same thing. We've got technology for you guys. You guys, we'll sort you out. And I often wonder when farming is concerned, what is the difference between the left and the right? This, it's like there's nothing. There's nothing to choose from.
1: Well, it's interesting that you should bring that up. Um, you know, it's ironic that in New Zealand, we want to put a carbon tax on food producers. Now, you know, food producing was exempt under all the carbon trading rules, except for New Zealand, we're going to show the world how it can be done, at what expense. But, you know, even so, it's interesting that our food is the greenest, we we produce on a carbon footprint, the greenest food in the world. Our carbon footprint per whatever type of food you want, per sheep, meat, vegetables, whatever, is about half of that, of, for example, Holland. So, if you wanted to improve the world's carbon balance, if that's your goal, then surely you would shift production to New Zealand, where the carbon footprint is half of what it is in in Europe or other places. You know, so you know, it's it's it, that's that's the first thing. It is just bad, bad economics. Um, and secondly, you know. I mean, take for example, the science around methane. So methane is a global warming gas. There's a few things about it that you've got to know. It's unbelievably dilute in the atmosphere. Uh, And so that's the first thing it's, it's unmeasurable. Um, It's, it's, it's contribution to global warming. Secondly, methane that's produced by animals uh, they eat grass, they produce some methane they belch it out it goes up to the atmosphere ultraviolet rays hit it it breaks down into carbon dioxide, water and ozone. Ozone we love water we don't we don't care about and the carbon dioxide goes back down and grows more grass. It's a cycle. why the hell are we? taxing farmers in a cycle. We're quite happy to burn trees and, and turn it into electricity, knowing that the carbon dioxide goes back into trees. What's the difference between a cow and a tree? Why pick on the farmers? It's just bad science and bad economics.
0: Oh, and um, yeah, you know, it's the power of majority over minority. Uh, interestingly, another guest we've interviewed today has an opinion on all of this as well. So, look, I think uh, the good thing is Lawrence uh, telling the story about why methane and nitrous oxide and non issues is, is is just our duty. Um, and on RCR, I hope that uh, that's part of our our um our story, trying to get the truth out to people. In fact, that is our story, trying to get the truth out and making it as simple as we can, getting that truth out. So um, just to to, to wrap up, um, what do you think about the language? Uh, You talk about the tissue paper, I do, between left and right. The language seems to be, um, it's okay uh, for them to be as woke, to use the term, as can be. But if someone on the right of centre dares say anything out of that woke paradigm, you're all of a sudden taken apart. Do you think that provincial New Zealand just wants to, uh, basically, to coin a phrase, terminate terminate the woke side that uh, where or terminate the wokester attitudes that are coming from um, the centre and centre left?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, this whole language thing is is amusing. You know, I see the Greens are tearing themselves up because somebody called somebody else a crybaby. I mean, for real, you know, they want to kick someone out of Parliament for calling somebody else a crybaby. They didn't even use bad language or foul language or, you know, it's such a weak insult. You just got to wonder where are these people coming from? Their, their skins are so thin they they they, they seek opportunity to take offence, and and it's just nuts, you know. I mean, freedom of speech. Surely you can call somebody a crybaby. I've been called a hell of a lot worse, and I don't get upset and throw my toys out of the cot. But you know, when when they it's bad enough as you say that they pick on the right, but they even eat their own, you know, for language like crybabies. I mean. Oh, it drives me nuts. You know, you're sort of a, yeah, this whole language thing and this whole woke thing is just, it's crazy. I mean, the objective, of course, is to shut down the argument. You know, if they don't have an argument against methane, they'll just say, you're a global warming denier. No, look, I want to debate the science. You're a denier. No, I just want to debate the science. No, 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 you're a denier. So, you know, it's attack the person uh, and ignore the argument. And it's hell of a frustrating, but look, you know the only way that we can get past all of this being rammed down our throat is to have a genuine rural provincial party representing the productive sector of New Zealand. Now, I'm not saying that you know farmers are the only producers in New Zealand, but you know 82% of our export income. Geez, why we're we letting them get away with it? We've got to turn this around, and it just has to be a party that doesn't take its votes off of national enact that creates additional seats, extra seats. Check us out, heartlands.org. That's heartlands with a NZ on the end, heartlands.org.nz. Join us. Let's make a change.
0: Well, um, fantastic, Lawrence. Uh, look, it's great to to have you on. Uh, it's, it's great that there's um, some new enthusiasm in the, in the political uh, spectrum on the right of centre. Uh, I know there's other parties and we we will be fair to all of them if uh, if they wish to come on. Um but it's uh it's important that uh you get your story out. Uh important that we give you a bit of a platform and can I say all power to your arm? Uh you know, you people know my background and uh I've been 30 years or more trying to uh hold up the end of uh productive and well, the primary sector in New Zealand, only to be let down by so many. Um, so we thank you for coming on to Reality Check Radio. You're our first political guest. Um, actually, we've had all our guests so far have been from Hamilton North. So um, I think it's time we re- readdress that uh, or address the balance um, geographically. So uh, anyway, um, on behalf of Jay Breed and I, thank you very much again, Lawrence.
1: No, thank you, Don. Thank you, Jay Breed.
2: Absolutely, and- thank you so much. And for, for our listeners, anyone who's looking for options other than uh, the party that had the re-education of Maureen in one afternoon, well, here's one more option. And you make of these guys what you will. Have a look at their website, and yeah, pass the word on. Thank you so much for today, Lawrence.
1: Thank you, Jasper. Appreciate the time.
0: Jasper and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR Reality Check Radio.